Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Adam McDougall is a health and fitness economist, and in each episode, he hacks into a topic to make health and fitness simple and easy for you. I'm Alex, Adam's producer, and I act as voice of the people by asking questions to help us apply Adam's hacks into our lives to make us healthy and happier. This is part two of the top health trends for 2019. We all know there's a lot out there, especially on the internet, especially on Instagram feed, saying like, five hacks to lose weight today. Well, Adam reads them all, and he breaks them down for you. The last episode, we went through a lot, brain health, smart jewelry, elimination diets, and on this episode, we're going to kick it off with something also that's close to the brain. It's something that affects it quite a lot. You hear of circadian rhythm. This one is called, I love this, it's quite smart marketing, but I think it's a good one. Circadian living. Can we kick off what that's all about on the part two of 2019 hacks? Yeah, circadian living essentially is just, you know, being in tune with our own body's biological clock. Our bodies and our human species evolved to circulate and move and function over a 24-hour period. But as we know, the most disruptive invention from human mankind was Thomas Edison when he invented the light bulb. All of a sudden, our whole lifestyles changed. So if you've got a bit of a gut, you can blame Thomas Edison for that because we didn't have fridges back in the day where they had a light. So uh, we didn't have, you know, the light bulb to to cook foods late at night and, and to stay up for endless hours and produce high levels of cortisol. So most important hormones really in our bodies are cortisol and melatonin. Um, And you're really going to hear about these things this year. Circadiac uh, living, circadiac clocks, it's really a hot topic at the moment. And the reason being, Alex, when you have a look at some of the the studies that are coming out from the consequences when you have a look at shift work, for example, now being labelled as a type 2 carcinogenic from the World Health Organisation. Why? Because it's stuffing up our circadiac clocks. We weren't meant to sleep during the day and then work all night. Our ancestors never did that. And, you know, we've been around for, you know, over 2.5 million years. And the way we've adopted to lifestyle today has only been less than 1% of that entire time as a species. So, and once our agriculture come along and things like the light bulb come along, all of a sudden we move from being like our ancestors to the modern human. So it's been very disruptive. One of the leaders in this field is a really, really smart guy who I absolutely love. His name is Sachin Pander. He's a PhD. And anyone out there that wants to learn more about this, I strongly recommend his book, The Circadian Code, Lose Weight, Supercharge Your Energy and Transform Your Health from Morning to Midnight. I love this guy. Very, very smart man. And he's the real leader as far as this emerging science of cardiac rhythm goes. Um, some of his studies and the studies he's done at the Salkin Institute, Alex, are mind-blowing. Uh, my favorite one is when they, yes, it was rats, but when they took two groups of rats, one uh, group of rats uh, ate within a time-restricted period, so they only ate for eight hours. Mm-hmm. As we know, intermittent fasting, up. we've done a lot on this. Yep. Yeah, yeah, from sun up to sort of sundown as such, whereas the other group ate for an extended period of time. It was over the 12-hour period. Um, the rats that ate for the extended period of time for more than 12 hours a day, even though they ate the same calories as the, the rats that ate for eight hours or less, they put on 30% more fat. That's a big one. And it's a massive one. So people at home are saying, yeah, they're rats, but they have done similar studies in humans. Um, I don't know the exact results, but I know the results have been very compelling as well. So, you know, it's absolutely amazing. Now you think to yourself, how the hell can, you know, just eating in a shorter period of time, you know, have such a huge impact on our health? Well, 
it's our circadian rhythm. Our bodies were never designed, like I said earlier, to be eating late at night, to be sitting up, you know, looking at these screens on our TV and stimulating these hormones I alluded to earlier. Melatonin, which is released by the brain to help us get ready to sleep. That's what happens when, you know, you're ready to go to sleep at night, your brain will release um, melatonin. But these are being disrupted now from a number of things, namely technology and obviously the circadian clock has sensors in our gut as well as our skin. Now, everyone used to think that was just in our eyes, Alex, that, you know, our circadian clock worked when you went outside in the morning, Mm. um, which is one hack in itself. If you really want to reset your body clock so you're not tired all the time, make sure that you're getting up basically at the same time all the time. And we spoke about owning the day in one of our podcasts before. Go back and listen to that. But one of the best things you can do to amp yourself up and be ready to fire when the day starts is get out in the sun early on. And don't wear sunglasses. And don't wear sunglasses. I know we get sunburnt more because it, it stops your body from producing a hormone melanin to prevent you from being burnt, but you'll also uh, stop your body from waking up properly. So that's why when you're sitting in, in bed late at night trying to you know get to sleep and you can't, it's probably because you haven't exposed yourself to light at the right time. And you see this so common now with kids, you know, looking at mobile phones or being on the computer first thing in the morning rather than going out in the sunlight and then being on their devices just before they go to bed. So you're saying, saying that not sleep. being in the sun is what can keep you awake at night? Yes, because your, your circadian clock's not starting. Your, your circadian rhythm's saying, oh, okay, I'm meant to function off a 24-hour period, and when I first sense light on my skin or I eat food with my stomach, which we'll talk about later, which wakes your circadian clock up as well, um, all, all of a sudden, you know, your body goes, okay, I'm ready to start the day. And this is how long my ancestors stayed awake for. So this is how long I should stay awake for. And this mm. one, I should naturally get tired and therefore go to sleep. But what's happening is all this artificial living that we have now from bright lights um, to food on demand has really disrupted our ancestral makeup. So my wife thinks I'm a nut job and good good luck to her. She married me. <laughs> but um, we're renovating our house at the moment. And one of the big trends is is obviously getting red lights into your house rather than uh, down lights, which are a real bright white light and uh, a blue light as well. So, um, you know, I'm looking into that at the moment. There's some great uh, light bulbs out there and, and smart home living devices that are now moving towards this as well. Yeah, nice. Because, so like during the day, white light, during the night, put it on the reds. Yeah, and I've noticed with my kids, you know, like at night, you know, one of the things is having problems with them going to sleep at night, I I was sort of reading on books and and whatnot. And then I had this ridiculous chandelier that was probably 10 times brighter than the sun. And I was saying to myself, I'm doing the right thing reading these kids, you know, a book. And all I did was get one of these lava lamps and I turned off that, that big chandelier. And I do not lie to you, it's been amazing the difference in their ability to get to sleep much quicker. Lava lamp. I like the throwback to the 90s too. <laughs> I know that our ancestors and our evolution has not caught up to where we are from a technology point of view, and it's not going to catch up. We do live in a place that has white lights. We have mobile phones. They're a necessity in the life of being a modern person and making your business run. So what is the fix to get your circadian rhythm back into check when we do have all these influences in our life? And you're exactly right, Alex. I don't want people going out there and not having light bulbs in, in their house or, or you know, um, having to quit their jobs because they work shift work or, or you know, uh, not looking at, at screens at all. So, you know, we can go too extreme um, with these things as well. So it's important to find that balance. And the major driving factor behind our circadian rhythm, uh, as I touched upon before, is getting into a good sleep habit, developing good sleep hygiene. So not looking at your mobile phones or watching TV or having too many bright lights switched on in your house. And it comes up in every Hacking the Hacker episode we do. They all do one thing in common and it is put their phone away very early on. Even Mark Burris as a busy, busy man, runs massive companies that phone goes away. 
100%. And at worst, set your iPhone to its bedtime feature or buy yourself a pair of ridiculously looking uh, blue blocker sunglasses and think you're cool walking around no, the house you're right. with sunglasses. The iPhone one's great. You put it on, yeah. my phone, it turns itself off at nine o'clock. People could be calling me, messaging me, and I it'll go through, but it won't alert me. And I forget I even have a phone. And then the morning it all activates and it's all sitting there for me. Yeah, and, and beyond the gizmos and gadgets, I suppose, just making sure that um, we're getting up at a similar time, going to bed at a similar time. We did a great episode on, on hacking your sleep, but it's about having that sleep hygiene, which is conducive towards respecting your circadian rhythm. So another thing you can do, which is really important, we spoke about the gut actually having the circadian clocks inside them as well. Um, so every time you eat, your, your body's saying, well, it's not nighttime, it's not time to go to sleep because food takes a lot of work to digest. So trying not to eat it between two to three hours before you go to bed will help significantly with your ability to fall asleep and resetting your body clock as well. Not doing things that are too intense late in the evening as well. You know, we know exercise too close to bed is disruptive and starting your day the right way, like we touched upon earlier, getting out in the sun before 10 a.m. sends an important signal to your brain in the hypothalamus that resets your brain and tells it that it's time to start the clock. So this is very, very important. I can tell you about hacking your own body, how interesting it is. I did a workout late in the evening the other day, a HIIT workout, and I was awake for hours afterwards because as you (laughs) have spoken about with our HIIT episodes is that your body, when you do a HIIT workout, keeps burning fat and keeps firing long after that workout, which is why it's so efficient. But doing it at like 7, 7.30 at night because I got home a bit later Oh my God, it just, I actually understood now why that exercise is so efficient, but it does keep you up at night. So calming things, stretching, all those things really helps your circadian rhythm. Because the next day, as you say, you feel like a type two diabetic. And I I do this every time I've had a late night. I think, oh, Adam at Dougal was right. I'm eating muffins. I'm just plowing through the food to keep myself going because I'm exhausted. Well, my wife did the same thing the other night. She went out with some friends and she had a huge bit of steak and it was, you know, went to the restaurant about seven o'clock, probably didn't get served till, you know, after eight o'clock and then, you know, had a few glasses of wine, which we know disrupts your ability to get into deep sleep. And all of a sudden she's home kicking me in bed all night and I had a crap night's sleep because she'd eaten steak too close to bed. So being mindful of the foods that you eat, you know, close to bedtime as well, plays another important role. So go back and listen to that episode on sleep. It's a great one. And if you haven't listened to it, you'll get some great tips out of it. This is The Health Hacker with Adam at Dougal. We're talking about the top trends for 2019. Now, technology sometimes can disrupt us, but can also make us amazingly fit, which is kind of the interesting juxtaposition that we have when we have technology in our lives. And in a minute, Adam's going to talk to you about the immersive home fitness. This is truly fascinating. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. On this episode of The Health Hack with Adam at Dougal, the top 2019 trends, we speak about how technology can sometimes be a burden. You're on your phone too late, you're not sleeping well, you wake up, you're going to eat too much and it sets you up for the horrible day. But technology, much like on episode one, we talk about smart jewellery, technology can also be amazing and helping us get fitter, healthier and better. And immersive home fitness, Adam, I think is a fantastic example of that. Can you talk about that for me? Yeah, a lot of people are probably saying, what the hell is, you know, immersive home fitness and health? And it's essentially taking health into the home rather than having to go to a gym. And we know research has shown that a lot of people that join a gym don't end up going more than once. Um, they just buy the gym membership to feel better about themselves. And they're also very confronting places for a lot of people, gyms, you know, people don't feel comfortable, don't know yeah. what to do. Especially Plus if you're starting out, someone's time. shredded and you're there going, it's actually not inspirational. It's very intimidating. Well, I hate the fact that there's some bloke sweating on a piece of equipment and then, you know, snotting and snoring 
reporting. Oh, you've gone, you've gone the hygiene <laughs> all the bacteria because I think in the science world, I think of all that germs. So, yeah. you know, I, I see how unhygienic a yeah, lot of these places this, are. That and cold and flu episode you did has got <laughs> me, I've never opened a door without a piece of tissue in my hand ever again. And I didn't get sick last uh, winter, so it must have worked. Uh, I don't want to gross everyone out, but there's nothing worse than seeing a guy in, in, in a gym with a wide back singlet with pimples on his back <laughs> laying on a bench pre- and, you know, getting off and leaving some bodily fluids behind. So yeah. they are very confronting places, gyms. And, and the exciting thing for people that don't like gyms and don't like crowds and don't like having to drive to go to the gym and then try and get a park right at the front door so they have to walk to actually do their workout is immersive home fitness. It, it's really trending in the States and there's some amazing technological developments that are allowing it to flourish. Someone that's a big fan of immersive home fitness is um, Tim Ferriss, the health hacker, body hacker extraordinaire. He loves a, a type of home fitness called Peloton. It's essentially spin class in your own home and you get into a class that's live streamed um, from their New York studio and people get to compete um, and it gives that sense that we all want. It's, it ticks a lot of boxes. One, we know that you know, when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs as far as what we need as humans to thrive um, and not just survive, you have a look at the bottom, which is obviously food, and then it becomes shelter. And then after that, third on the list is belonging. We all want to belong to something. That's our genetic predisposition to survive is to be part of something from our ancestors because if they got isolated, they didn't survive. So feeling like you're part of something is very important. And that's where this ticks the box. You know, we've seen F45 explode here in Australia um, because it builds that on that community and belonging. So group fitness classes last year were a real hot trend. So what this has done is build on that in a smart way, rather than having to physically go to the location to belong, you get to train with all these people and see them on the screen and actually compete from the comfort of your own home. So very, very smart, Alex. And then also tapping into technology that's evolving out of some of the wearable devices we spoke about in the last episode with different trackable fitness devices, whether it's Aura Ring or it's, it's fitness tracking um, devices that measure your heart rate and how many kilometers you produced in the workout, how much force that you produced. It's absolutely amazing some of the things these classes are able to measure and how many calories you're burning and whatnot. And it actually can even spit out workouts based on your level of fitness, which I find fascinating. So you don't have to go to the gym and have some big personal trainer yelling at you, telling you to give you an extra rep. You can actually have technology now tell you that you need to push yourself harder. It's so cool. I think it's really fascinating. My partner, she watches a lot of tutorials on YouTube for fitness, you know. She'll work out in front of the TV at home and it's kind of like what, you know, like Cindy Crawford used to have a videotape in the 90s. It's the same evolution of that. So to have these things where you can connect your phone and understand that a trainer it's just going to reach a whole lot of people, but in real time as opposed to buying the DVD, it's just the modern version of it. I think it's really cool. Hotels are jumping onto this trend as well, Alex. A lot of big hotels now are jumping onto this. And, you know, I've got a challenge program out there, the Man Challenge self shameless plug, but that's what we do with the man challenge. But you know, I loved your challenges, room. you know, and I, I figured out there was, you know, the push up you do, you push up and then you spin, <laughs> you put the arm in the air and then back down the other and then you alternate arms. Like you're learning things from these people without actually having to go to the venue. And, you know, we are a society that is working from home more because we've got to cover great distances because inner city property is more expensive. This is actually a fantastic byproduct of that. And the exciting thing about this is, Alex, is that we all want, you know, variation in our lives, but But the great thing is we are so time poor. That's the biggest excuse of people not being compliant when it comes to health and fitness goals. They don't have time. Now, by the time you go to the gym and get a park and get changed, have a shower and whatnot, most of these workouts you can do at home and be done quicker than it would take you to drive to these places. Plus, you get to experience 
a, a whole heap of different trainers to have different philosophies and different beliefs to find out what works for you. Because like we are health hackers, not everything works for you that works for me. So you'll find someone you resonate with and you'll be able to do their workouts and have fun from the comfort of your own home. So it's very, very exciting. And to take it even another step now, Alex, something that's really exploded off the back of this home immersive type of health and fitness trend is devices for rehabilitation too. Last year, we seen one of the, the things that blew the internet up was this thing called a Ferragun. It was something promoted by lots of celebrities in America. Yes. Um, I think from memory, now, this, Michael this, Phelps. Just so you know, promoted it, it spelled T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N, Ferragun. You know, a lot of billionaires and millionaires out there now are, are putting in things like flotation tanks, uh, cryotherapy chambers in their house. Uh, they're looking to move all this immersive recovery type of technology into their home because they realize that exercise is just a stress, you know, not unlike, you know, not sleeping well or eating certain foods. Everything has a hormetic stress on our bodies. Our bodies don't see stress as good or bad. It's the dose relation of stress that's good or bad. So therefore, it's how much of the stress that you get determines whether or not it breaks you or makes you. So this is where exercise can be dangerous. A lot of people, particularly high achievers, do too much exercise and they don't respect the recovery side of it. As an athlete, I realized later in my career, and I wish I knew earlier, just how important recovery was. You know, you probably, as an athlete, for every hour you train, should be doing two to three hours of recovery to compensate for that high intensity. What kind of recovery? So so things like just moving to, to try and drain the body, the lymphatic system, you know, so an easy walk, going out into nature, grounding, stuff that we've spoken about on previous mm. episodes, using biomats, self-massage devices like this Ferragun, foam rolling, stretching, yoga. So essentially, you know, turning on things that activate what we call our parasympathetic nervous system rather than our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response, which is that heightened, aggressive part of our, our nervous system. So we're trying to offset- Which is why I can't sleep after a HIIT workout if it's too late at night. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, there's a guy in America, we touched upon him in in a previous episode, David Asprey, who's the bulletproof coffee man, great marketer, but he's actually, you know, he's backing this trend in in a big way, this recovery focus rather than this gym focus. And he's building, you know, gyms now that offer 15 treatments for improving mental and physical performance based solely on recovery. So they're going to put all this biohacking equipment in there and they're going to have all these things that give you electric shocks to the muscles to help recovery. They're going to have intense mediums of cold and heat, which we know are so beneficial for our health, brain health and physical health, powerful detoxification, you know, devices, and, you know, these little nutritional hacks as well to speed up recovery. So, you know, it's very, very interesting where the world's headed with recovery. We're now really not just seeing athletes worship recovery as a more important part of their day, but we're now seeing the general population too who are working harder than ever, not sleeping as well, realizing that it's not conducive just to exercise hard. You also have to recover well at the same time. Adam, as you always say, your body is like a theme park. You enter at 20, but you only pay the entry fee when you exit at 30. And sometimes you've gone pretty hard in the 20s. So the exit fee in the 30s is very expensive. Well, it's getting exciting, Alex, because, you know, you have a look at something like hydration. You speak of what's, you know, a big part of, you know, recovery. Well, just hydrating. Most most people out there, 70% or more have been surveyed and tested have been found to be dehydrated. So that's what I love about what I do is finding these new little hacks of things that can help you overcome these problems. So there's a drink bottle out there now that's coming out next year, which I'm so excited about. It's, I think, pronounced Bella Beat, um, and it's the world's first ever drink bottle that tracks your hydration levels. So how insane is that? You can actually have a drink bottle you carry around on a daily basis that will tell you if you need to keep drinking more water. So it really combats two problems. My problem is I'm obsessive compulsive, so I'm up three or four times like an 80-year-old man weeing in the middle of the night, waking everyone up. So it'll probably tell me to probably back off a little bit. Yeah. 
or if you're somebody like that thinks you're a camel and you don't need water. So it's an exciting time that we live in, Alex, with all this technology. Also, sometimes, as you've said before, people overeat, not because they're hungry, just because they were thirsty. It'll help that for sure. The last trend we're going to look at on this episode is... I'm sorry, people. Intermittent fasting, it's old news now. We're also looking at fat fasting. It's always evolving this space, which is why we've got to keep up with it. Fat fasting for weight loss. Adam, how's this going to work? (laughs) Sounds like a pun, doesn't it? Fat fasting for weight loss. I know, right? We did a couple of episodes on intermediate fasting and what was new is now old. It's amazing how fast this health space moves, isn't it? With technology and you know research articles coming out. It's 100,000 published medical research articles that come out every single month. You know, I've mm. got a team of people that help me sift through a lot of these research articles and, and dissect them for me. But no wonder we're confused when you think about it. 100,000 published medical studies coming out every single month, papers. That's an incredible amount of information we're being bombarded with these days, hence the level of confusion and, and paralysis. The whole reason you made this show, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot to go through. <laughs> but this one has some merit to it. Now, essentially, it is intermediate fasting. However, most people can't comply. And I always say the best diet, Alex, is the one that you can stick to. And the great thing about this fat fasting is, is that it allows you to have some fat whilst you are fasting. So ketogenic diets obviously emphasize fat. We've spoken before about all these types of fat coffees and whatnot. And essentially, it's an extension on that. It's allowing you to hack fasting without the hunger and stopping the hunger in its tracks during that fasting window where you're not meant to eat anything. Now, the way that fasting essentially works is you're giving your body a break, particularly your stomach, which is it's very important for your stomach and vital organs to get a break from ingesting food. We know food is one of the most energy demanding and resource demanding things on the human body. It affects your body clock, your circadian rhythm, it, it affects inflammation levels. It's very, very important to give your your body and your brain periods of time where it's not ingesting food. Now, we live in an environment which is not conducive to that, given the fact that, you know, there's food everywhere. Our ancestors didn't have access to that. And we're designed to overeat because that's what we did to survive and thrive. So what this does with the fasting is allows you to fast, but allows you to adapt to it in the modern time where our, I suppose, resilience to feeling a little bit of a twang in the stomach isn't as good, even though you can survive for a number of days and, you know, over a month without eating, without food, because we've got so much fat stored on our human bodies. But what this does is it allows our bodies to stay in that fasted state because it doesn't spike our insulin and blood sugar levels, which is the most important thing when it comes to fasting as well as protein. It's, it doesn't have protein in, in the coffee. It's just fat. And this stops our bodies from using the protein to once again prevent a thing called audiophage, which is self-eating, where the body, the benefit of fasting is your body goes in and it's able to clear out a lot of these dead cells because protein's not prevalent in your body whilst you are fasting. So Adam, what do I do? How do I tap into this form of fasting? So let's hack into it for everyone. So essentially you you follow the same protocol, find something that works for you. We now know that the sweet spot is at least 12 hours when it comes to fasting, you get some of the benefits. I always say that intermediate fasting on five days a week is probably where you want to aim for. So I do five days a week of intermediate fasting myself. Then I have one day where I have a feast and I just stuff my face, uh, particularly carbohydrates uh, because I eat low carb most of the time. And then I have a day where I totally fast for 24 hours. And what I do to get through this, because it's very challenging, 
is that I will drink black coffee because black coffee and water are fine, um, but you just can't ingest protein in particular and carbohydrates because they will secrete hormones, which basically downregulate the effectiveness of a fast because it's where your body gets to switch off from processing things and not producing things like mTOR, which is in the cells, which are growth factors and whatnot, which stop your body from producing the audiophage effect for cleaning out all this DNA. So I make coffee and I'll have a black coffee, but I know by about midday, two o'clock, I'm going to get a little bit grumpy and tired. So what I reach for is some MCT oils or some coconut oil. And I put that in my coffee and that allows me to really quash that hunger. And I put a bit of sea salt in there as well to help with hydration levels. And this combination, you know, a bit of coconut oil, MCT and sea salt absolutely stops me from craving foods and allows the hunger to pass and keeps me hydrated as well, Alex. So the fast becomes very easy. Adam McDougall, Always so much information. If you want to get in touch, head to adamatdougal.com.au or check out Adam's products, themanshake.com.au and hit him up on his socials as well. We love to hear back from our tribe of hackers and let us know in 2019, what do you want us to look at? What do you want us to hack into for you? How are you going? Where are you getting stuck? And what can we help you with? And then on the next episode, hopefully we can answer some of those questions for you. Until then, Adam, it's been great. Always a pleasure, Alex. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Nick Slater. Executive producer is Jamie Show. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.